Hello, and welcome back to the Drinking Liberally podcast, the podcast that combines good alcohol with some friendly political banter. I'm Kevin Wilson, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jeff Fenner. How's everybody doing? This is a very special episode. We're going to be breaking down the Democratic candidates for the Democratic primaries for president. We are joined by two very special guests. We have Dennis Skeet. Hey, what's up? And our man on the boards over there, Yogs. How's everyone doing? We've had a lot to drink tonight, and we're going to just kind of do this off... Uh, it's off rip, as we said. All this that. is off yeah. rip. So, so uh, Kevin, don't worry about being so professional. We're going to actually have some little bit of fun on this one. Let's jump into our drinking discussion. Jeff, what are you drinking today? I got a little uh, Jameson and ginger here. Very nice. Uh, chased by a turbo dog. Uh, Yogs, what do you got over there? I got myself an old-fashioned little uh, classic uh, vodka club. All right, and Dennis? I'm over here slumming it with just some JMO straight up. Nothing wrong why with that, my friend. S- why is that be slumming it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't have an old fashioned like this dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm just drinking a straight up Jack and Coke. Yeah. Let's go. Today, we're going to do a very special episode, like we mentioned. We're just going to talk about who the front runners are for the Democratic nomination. And by the end of this, we're going to give our own personal picks on who we think going to be the presidential and vice presidential candidates. Who is going to be our favorite? Under picks? protest. Under protest. <laughs> who our favorite picks are and who we think would be the best people to win overall because that might not necessarily be the same group. We have a poll to work off of. Oh, shit. Yeah, so like Iowa just had a, uh, a general poll of caucus goers. Actually, let's preface this <laughs> by saying this entire discussion is going to assume that Joe Biden is running for president. God he has not officially announced, but we're going to go ahead and assume he is. All signs are pointing that he will. And the second candidate that we're going to throw into the mix that has not officially announced, but we think Beto. will, is Beto O'Rourke from Texas. So all of our discussions here will assume the two of them are going to announce their candidacy in the upcoming weeks. Listen, we can't wait we on We did them. really great at assuming yeah. in 16, so right. this should work out well oh, Yeah, right. Yeah, we've clearly learned our lesson. <laughs> Perfect track record. <laughs> so we're going to go and ahead and go. assume they are running, and that's going to be the basis of our discussion today. Dope. So let's go back to the Iowa poll I mentioned before. This is a poll of just essentially top Democrats, and Joe Biden comes out at number one with 27%, followed by Bernie Sanders at 25 followed by a steep drop-off for the next candidates, Elizabeth Warren at 9 Kamala Harris at 7 Beto O'Rourke at 5 Amy Klobuchar at three, and it goes down the line from there after Cory Booker, Michael Bennett, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a pretty steep drop-off. I believe a lot has to do with name recognition at this point. We're still very, very early in the primaries. Iowa's got a terrible football team and a terrible track can you just Can you just humor me for a second? Yeah, man. Can you read? I know you got to scroll like a couple pages down. Can you just what do you want to find know? out where Gillibrand is? Gillibrand is, let's see. <laughs> Oh, she's not even on this list. Shots fired. Oh, oh man. Okay. Might be Shots fired. Might be we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> Might be dropout time. <laughs> Let me yeah. say before we start tearing each other early apart. Shots. I'm sorry. Is at this time in Obama's first candidacy. He wasn't on the list. He wasn't even on the list either. <laughs> yeah. And this guy won two elections. Take it with a grain of salt, everybody. This is very preliminary. And we're just going to go based on the numbers we have right now. We're going to do future episodes where, as people announce their candidacy, we will update this list. Yeah. So, you know, right. when our fourth Mike, Dennis, talks about the fact that Gillibrand's on that poll, 
you know, he's definitely taking the low hanging fruit because I never said that she should win this. But uh, I just want to let you know where we're at. All right. Fair enough. If you can't tell, this is going to be kind of a little testy podcast. We had some conversations we've already. got some. We've had conversations before. This will be a little. Uh, oh wait, is there anything worse than Democrat on Democrat crime? I mean, it's the Oof. best. We need uh, it. Yeah, we yeah. need it. Infighting. Gotta, Let's go. You know, it's the primaries, man. It's the primaries. Is, we're we're not here. Yeah. Yeah. Let's we're push not, the cream to the top. We're not exactly. here to just sit here and be yes men to each other right now. This okay. is where we're not here to studios. disagree <laughs> with each other. Let's just run down this list. I feel like this is a, a best outline we can get right now. Let's start with Joe Biden. How do you feel about us? him? So you're going to give us each one that's nominated. Yep. Everyone on this table has got to give a one-word thought on that person. Oh, <laughs> I kind of like that a lot. Let's go, let's go clockwise here. Okay. So we're going to start with Joe Biden. Dennis, you're up first. Old. <laughs> Should be <everybody>. Older. <laughs> Experienced. White. All right. So though that's our adjectives to describe Joe Biden. Vice President Biden, by the way, he's not Joe Biden. Yeah. He was, he's Show Vice President. Show some respect here. I he's agree. a he's a two-term Vice President. Yeah. And uh, and all right. So now now everybody go around the table and give your quick little snippet on why you think he should be doing this or why you don't like it. Let's actually. Well, clearly, you you've you got start. some strong opinions there, Yog. You so like let's this. start us you off. Start. I'll start away. Winability number one. That's my most important thing. I know everyone else is going to talk about different things, policies, who they like, who they don't like. My number one objective is to get the current president out of office as soon as we possibly can. I'm looking at who can win this election, who can win states that we need to win, who can influence voters that we need to win, and who can appeal to the most people. I know age is in factor, but I actually think Joe Biden is the most effective at doing everything that I just described, and that's why he would be my number one. So you mentioned age. Uh, Joe Biden is currently 76 years old. He'll be 77 come election time next year in 2020. Right. And our current it, president will be 75 right. at the same time. So I don't think that age is really an issue here. It's not something I'm particularly concerned about. Actually, in, in fact, most of our top candidates here are all in that same area. I agree that he's got an electability factor. I think he's been vetted. He's done eight years as a vice president under Obama. He does have a lot of issues when it comes to topics of say segregation topics of creepy uh creepy old uncle situations when it comes to women and i think that could hurt his uh electability there and you mean the current president or uh i'm I'm talking about joe biden oh i'm sorry because that kind of fits the current president i agree it applies to our current president but if we want to have the moral high ground, we need to hold our own leaders accountable more so than the Republican Party has in the past. And if that means that if something comes out in Joe Biden's past, we have to hold in the same standard that we expect to hold Donald Trump to. So here's yeah, my it. Joe Biden thing. I don't like some of the stuff that's come up in the past about race relations, especially. But I'm not going to do that. I'm the jilted lover. I know that. Joe Biden went through some stuff personally that kept him from running the election in 16. His son had brain cancer. And I am not holding that against him or being upset with him about that. But I do know this. I do feel if Biden ran that year, if if that was his spot to run in this, I don't think we're in the position we're in. You think Biden beats Hillary in a primary and gets elected over Donald Trump? Because I do think... If we're looking at it now, I think enough of the Obama policies have stayed into play, which means what he had going on mattered enough to keep that running. I do think he beats Hillary and gets into this. Again, I understand his reasons for not running, but I'm also saying he missed a shot. That was his shot. 16 was his. He's too old. 
I am not behind this. I, the reason I don't want Trump in there has nothing to do with age, but I'm also at the same time, I do not want a 77-year-old white man running our country. I don't think that's where we're supposed to be as a country now. I'm really, really inspired by Cortez and the rest of the young leaders that are coming in that are minorities that are, are really pushing our government, and I want to get behind that. It doesn't have to be a minority. Everybody we're talking about, I just don't want a 77-year-old man running our country. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, Dennis, what do you have to add? No, I mean, I echo a lot of that sentiment, but, I mean, at the same time, like, Yog makes great points. It's like this guy's got experience. You know, he's, he's kind of riding in the Obama train coming in. If he gets elected, he'd be the oldest president we ever had. Obviously, only a slightly older than, than our current president, but still. Um, he's got some stuff. He's got some skeletons, some things that are gonna, he's going to get attacked with real hard. And, you know, I, I think he can probably, like, get through that without, without caving. But, like, you know, we don't know how the general public is going to respond. You know, like, what are the, what are the young progressive liberals going to, you know, how are they going to react when they hear the Anita Hill and all that kind of stuff right. 24-7 being blasted at them? I, I'm, so, I'll be okay with it, you know, because I already know about it. But when when they start hearing it, are they going to get? Are they? Is their morale going to get hit? You know, are they going to say, you know, you know, this is not who I I want to lead my party. I want, you know, I got AOC over here. I got, you know, all these other people over here that inspire me. And here's this person who has these characteristics of of the people that I don't want. And so I just I just worry about that. So but you think I, he represents like maybe kind of the old guard when it comes to the Democratic Party? Or yeah, he definitely does. And and. Again, I'm still form. I still like the guy, but uh, I just I worry about when we get into the general, is is he kind of get pulled down a bit, and are we gonna find ourselves, you know, with some buyer's remorse? Sure. And Kevin, I've come to kind of trust in you to squash my dreams and hopes. <laughs> uh, but I do want to ask you, you know, as we're fighting for the people who are gonna take on Trump, the track record in the United States of the incumbent losing is not good, right? Right, uh, the majority of people that run for a second term win. So Va- I, vast majority. So to shoot the bail here for all of us that might take the stance that, you know, as Yogs and I have talked about, where you're like, I just want to win here. You know, I know some of these other candidates might have better ideals, but just can't do this again for eight years. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's fair, kind of leading in, as slants this argument just a little bit? I think it certainly slants the argument, and we'll we'll get into at the very end who are favorite picks to win are versus personal favorites. So I'm asking you this because the next couple round of questions, I'd Mm -hmm. like to talk about taking that out of consideration and where you'd like to see this country go, who you want to see either team up, win this personally on a presidential or, or vice presidential level. And then I think we can swing back into, Hey, we need to take this country back into our hands to move. Even if it's not to the extent of our ideals. Right. Um, so I just want to make that clear as we go into this, because I think it looks like a little bit of Biden bashing there, and I'm not on board. But That changes right. the discussion, yeah. certainly. And Joe Biden is not going to be the most progressive candidate we right. get running for Zero president. Zero percent chance. Right. So Joe Biden would actually be the most centrist of our candidates, I believe. He's going to be appealing to moderate Republicans. He's going to get those blue-collar workers from Pennsylvania— Michigan, you know, Iowa, he can get some of them, maybe not all, 
but enough to swing an election. Yeah. And so that alone is worth looking into as far as a candidate and worth paying attention to. So we should not write him off just because he's not as progressive as you may want him to be. And I'll just close this out when we talk about Biden. One thing about Biden is he's a fighter. And if you watched his presidential debates, his vice presidential debates, I mean, he's not going to let anything go. And the other thing I'll say about that statistic about the incumbents is it's such a small sample. You have to think about it. We're talking about four or five men in the span of 25, 30 years. Bush Sr. lost after his first term. It depends on who you are. It's not a slam dunk that because you're an incumbent, it's on your side. That's true with traditional politics. I think Trump's not a p- traditional politician, and I think those statistics are out the window. <laughs> those statistics are out the window. So I'll say that about. Can I, ask you I, I do like your your point though that the statistics are kind of slanted because we are at present number forty five in the two hundred fifty years can I ask of you guys our country. A question? So statistically, yeah. there hasn't been a lot of presidents there to really Before make a. Before we get argument. off Biden, yeah. and this, I think this is the most important. His most important thing that he's done to this, the Twitter, everything we've had in the society since Trump got elected, were the memes. His memes, right? yeah. the joke memes. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to say that. And I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not actually being funny. About, I'm being frank about this. The most important thing he's given to us on social media have been those funny memes when Trump was taking office, the things with when he was with uh, Obama, right? But he didn't make we, those himself. But let me ask you a question. He has no track record of being able to get the message out via social media. And we've watched the impact, and I hate to keep going back to AOC, but Cortez had this impact where she's getting views that Trump's not getting. And if our number one candidate has to learn social media in the run-up, we're dead meat. He'll have a team so, for that. Here's where I, I'll disagree with you. I don't think he needs personally to know how to do that. A, a lot team. of our candidates right now, a lot of our politicians don't even know how to use social media themselves. Are all of a sudden people going to believe that these tweets in the run-up are coming from Biden? So Maybe. what we don't have to worry about with that is that, you know, who if it gets down to a Biden versus Trump election by that point he's gonna have one of our biggest social media stars on his side and that's the wild card here is barack obama okay yeah that's a fair so let's get into what we're gonna talk barack obama is going to i believe throw his weight behind and not until but obama's still whoever the democratic nominee is he has more followers he's got bigger presence there yes and i think whoever the candidate is determined by the end of these primaries if it ends up being joe biden Barack Obama is going to throw his full weight, and I think that can I throw a little a cold huge water on the there. on the follower thing on social media? Jay Z has like three million followers. He's tweeted six times. <laughs> Obama's got like five million followers. He's tweeted like four times. Um, Obama tweets a lot. Obama's, man. but Obama's not going to. No, I'm not saying not going to. He hasn't shown the disposition to weaponize this for the Democrats. He hasn't used Twitter to do that yet. So if we're That's if true. we're going to jump off the ledge saying that all of a sudden he's going to take his Twitter following and put it behind Biden, we're making a really big assumption. That's not just an assumption, but it's the most important assumption. Because if he doesn't and Biden stays with his track record on Twitter, Guys, we're in big, big trouble because Trump's reaching a lot of people every day off rip, and he is making his point known all the time. If we have Biden that tweets not often and he's not getting to people this way, 
We're losing a huge segment. Yep. I'm scared of that. No. Okay. Oh, Obama has 105 million Twitter followers, by the but way. He doesn't tweet. Yes, he does. Uh, he he tweets for, on the regular. For right that, for yes, Democrats, he, he tweeted his okay. candidate pick for every single House election okay. race on okay. 105 but, million Twitter and, followers. And, and Barack Obama, I feel, wants to stay out of this fight right now because he does not want to appear to pick a candidate. Yeah. yeah, exactly, at this point. But I think the second that there is a single candidate for the 2020 election, I think he's no holds bar behind whoever that candidate is. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, uh, but I, we, I'd be willing to bet on he's it. He's tweeted three times further, in the last five days, by the way. Um, Do you feel like he should completely be okay with that. on somebody? No, I don't think he should. I, I think he's no. doing the right thing by staying out of it. He's doing the the old school, responsible way of going through politics. Can I ask you a follow-up question on that then? If the big thing that Biden and, and Yogs, you said this, that he has to defend himself from what happened in his past, that the takes he's taken is the fact how much he'd grown and he was the VP for Obama, right? Mm-hmm. That's a big thing for him. Do you think that it hurts his credibility that Obama wouldn't come right out and be like, listen, I picked this guy as my VP. He should be right now. No. no, But not not saying that he needs to do it if it was a fair race. But because Biden has to overcome a lot of stuff in his past that we're seeing, that's not not little things. Do you think that if Obama felt 100 percent secure behind this and picked him, he would be good that he would just jump behind him? No, because I think it does a disservice if he picks Joe Biden right now and then, say, a Elizabeth Warren is yeah, picked str- as the candidate. Strategy. Yeah. This is the art of war. Because that, that undermines, that. say, Elizabeth, in, that, in this hypothetical Correct. situation, it undermines Elizabeth Warren because they'll say, well, Barack Obama picked Joe Biden. Why didn't you pick Elizabeth Warren if and, she was Correct. And also, so he's biding his time to yeah. get out there and, and wait to see who's the nominee. Let's also remember that like the Democrats, they just change the rules of how they handle these primaries. Mm-hmm. For good to, reason. Right. So so it doesn't look like the party is is picking the candidate before the voters get a chance right. to vote. So And again, I'm just I again contrary opinion, I just want to know yeah. because I know that you know, we know Biden's got some skeletons in the closet there. No, this is important. By the way, I got as much as me and Jeff disagree on maybe Biden, it's important because the thing is if Democrats don't do this, Republicans will. So it's very important that the Democratic Party filter out all this now before it's over. And I think it's very important to dem- for Democrats to have a debate on what's going on here. And so I, and, I actually think that's a great idea. And that's what I love about having such a wide field right now for the primary. We've got tons of Democrat candidates, and a lot of these people are going to debate each other. And we're going to see what they're made of. And we're going we're gonna to get down to the nitty-gritty of not only what they believe, but we're going to see pretty much everything. All those skeletons in the closet are going to come out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the question. No. That, that actually leads to my point, because that's actually interesting you brought that up. Because what I read the other day, and it was very true, because I hadn't thought about it at the time, was the only reason that Trump won the Republican nomination was because there were too many people in the field. Yeah, that's that's very. I, mean, well, I don't think I, I don't reason. I don't think that's true. I don't I think, think that's I think true. That I, I read that. That's what I read. I heard it played I, a big part. No, it, it played a big part. part of it. First of all, it filtered a lot if, of Republican nominees. No, and, had there been somebody in that Republican field that mattered, it wouldn't have happened that way. His biggest guy there was Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush and Ted Cruz yeah, as, yeah. as, as his competition. No, Marco Rubio was never a threat. He had he the crown on his head for a minute. Yeah, Guys, people very thought early it. on, they thought yeah. he was the one. But there was but no personality there. there was no, 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 we're talking about this after the fact. But no, he, no, when, before that, during the time, Trump squashed them because there was nothing special about Well, Trump them. was good at that because he was able to squash each, each one individually. And guess what? The argument is this. 
early on when you're talking about one or two primaries, the afterwards it became a buzzsaw, right? But when you're talking about the early primaries, the reason he won in New Hampshire, which catapulted him, right? He only won like what fourteen percent of New Hampshire. But if there were like two candidates, he, he wouldn't have won the majority of New he Hampshire. He buzzsawed all that, of them. That, that's the there argument. was not one legitimate Republican. I'm I saw with Jeff on this, and I, I we're, we got a split table here, split two table v two. Um, that was a side, and we're not, we're not here to debate <laughs> yeah. the 2016 primary and relitigate <laughs> yeah. that Let all that over election again. Election die. So yeah. listen, relitigating the past at this point is useless. We're looking to the future. That's what this whole pod is about. Let's move on to the next right. topic. We mentioned uh, delegates. Most importantly, we're going to talk some super delegates here. Yes. And we're going to talk social media game. And our next candidate is Bernie Sanders. All right. Yeah. So we've got our senator from Vermont who ran against Hillary Clinton in the uh, primaries in 2016. Put up a pretty decent fight, but ultimately lost. Uh, let's go around the horn, starting with Dennis. One word describing Bernie Sanders. Not my word, but socialist. It's his own word. Loser. Loser. Damn. Going white again. <laughs> so those are our descriptors of Bernie <laughs> Sanders. Look, here's the thing. I have a lot of friends that are huge Bernie Sanders supporters. I do not count myself as one of them because I support a lot of his ideas. I, I like the idea of having health care for everybody. I like a bunch of that. I don't think that comes from the top. One thing I've said to – I said this back in 2016 to those same friends. saying, Look, if you want these grand ideas of free college tuition and uh, health care for everybody – you need to start smaller. You need to start instituting this change at the local and state level. You want people that believe in this stuff, vote them in, because most people don't vote in local elections. Starting at the top, at the presidential level, isn't going to get you anywhere because you're not going to have any support down below you in Congress. Right. And you're especially not going to have that support level down at the state level, right. which is what you need. So that is... My two cents. I know he's got a huge following. His floor is very high right yeah. now. He's but got a ton of supporters. So don't come at me, Bernie people. No. Yeah, I like I like Bernie. I like Bernie a lot. Clearly, you know, he won. Like every candidate now, or almost every candidate, is singing the Bernie song. You know, with what comes to the policies. So I like him. You know, but I think he gets torn apart in the in the uh, in the general election. I think I I don't know, man. I don't know how he. How he wins. He's the one that I think can go one-on-one -on -one with Trump the best. Yeah. With everybody that's sitting there. So that's I, a huge I, departure from what Dennis I, thinks here. I yeah. think he can actually go toe-to-toe -to -toe in these primaries. I also think he's the one that's swinging for the Grand Slam, and we might need a couple singles. So I am as behind Bernie Sanders as I'm scared of him. Because I think if he won this and got to really enact the shit he wants to do, I am in. Let's get behind this. Let's go nuts. And I think he goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with Trump, and he doesn't get beat down. He doesn't get scared. But I'm also terrified of the fact that he's almost 80 years old, and I don't know if he's got the long game for it. He's 77 right now. He'll be 78 at the election time. Yagish, go ahead. It's funny because he just got that into the buzzer because my thing was going to be how no one mentioned his age, which is funny because he's going to be 78 years old. But you like Biden. Not yeah, like Biden. Biden. Exactly. So <laughs> No, but I'm saying no one mentioned him as a deterrent. But they did for Biden, is my point. I like Bernie's feistiness. I really do. And I believe that some of his policies are grand and great, and they're, they're impressive. And what he's able to mobilize with voters is impressive. But his, his just the fact how much money he got 
generated for himself impressive. was Roots. very impressive. I just think he's a, he's a losing candidate, and his time was passed. We both it. said loser for a reason. Yeah, his time is passed. Not yeah. because I didn't like him. Yeah, it just passed. It just it is what it is. Can't wait to get the the Bernie hate mail. Before we move on, though, question for all of you. Just go around, yes or no. 2016, does Bernie win? Dennis. No. No. That's Jeff's no. I'd love to say no that fast, but I honestly have to think about it. When you make that much money in that Yes or no question, man. Come on. He said yes or no. (laughs) No, but I'm not going to be that flippant about it. No. Yeah. I think it's a no as well. I know there's more detail to that, but we don't have all night. (laughs) All right. I think he actually had less of a shot, just for the record. Number three on our list is Senator Elizabeth Warren from Massachusetts. She's one of our first candidates that, you know, dipped her toe into getting out there and saying that she was running. She uh, got an exploratory committee back in December of 2018. Dennis, one word comes to mind. Ideas. I like that. Is dead end one word? Dead end. Dead end. Wow. Harsh. Progressive, but Pocahontas killed her. More that is like word. nine words. Listen, man, we asked for You're not one the idea of this word. Had, no, I had to mention that. Uh, mine would be regulation. And that's the thing I, I respect about Elizabeth Warren. She has never backed down from a fight when it comes to regulating, in particular, banks. Uh, she's been a huge proponent of fighting the banks after the 2008 financial crisis. She, after Dodd-Frank was you know, repealed, she was saying, hey, we need something to get those rules back on the table, and we should be holding these people accountable. Let's remember that no one, none of the people in charge of the 2008 financial crisis, none of those bankers that were selling subprime mortgages or anything, none of them saw jail time. Right. They just got away with it scot-free, and she is someone that doesn't seem like she's forgotten that and wants to set up some rules that will hold those kind of people accountable. God forbid that happens in the future. I love her feistiness too a little bit, kind of like Bernie. I think she's got some great progressive ideas. She's an appealing candidate to me. I hate to say this, but in Trump world, and it gives me just no pleasure at all to say this, but I think he really, really damaged her with that Pocahontas stuff. As garbage as that is, it's stupid, it's racist, but the fact that he will never let go of the fact that she did that, and the only reason she did that was because her family told her that. She was not some person that was like, let me do this to get into some college. Her family told her that she had Native American ancestry, and that's why she put it on that. It wasn't a gimmick. It wasn't a scam. He made it one. It is what it is. We're in a dirty politics game right now, and that sadly has probably hurt her more that she can't recover. All right, Jeff. I'm not shooting her any bail. I think she's not very inspiring. I think I would, if we're going to run that same route, I'd rather have Nancy Pelosi running for that spot. And uh, I think that that ghost in the closet's way too much to overcome. I am zero percent, zero percent behind Elizabeth Warren. I said dead end, and I meant it. So that that ghost in the closet you mentioned is her the DNA test. Yeah, we're not. We can't have low hanging fruit for Trump to bang on in this. Just that's dead end. All right. Well, strong feelings. Um, I I really like her fight. Like everyone has said, I think. Like I said, I said ideas. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, mm-hmm. um, like you were saying about the like regulating the banks, everything she comes out with, they're just like great ideas. I love what she's doing. 
I want her to keep fighting. I don't give her the pass like Yogg's does about the whole um, DNA thing. I don't want to go too much into that, but I, I just don't give her the pass. I think that's a, what she did was a problem, and I think it's gonna it would hurt her in in, in the uh, in a general. That's about it. But I love her uh, in like a cabinet position somewhere, like fighting and taking people to task. Can we just say on the people we just talked about, she is now the first one that's zero percent chance to win the presidency. You think so? We talked about zero percent. I think that's the first step. I think that's bold saying zero percent. There's no shot she wins. Personally, I I I I want to see her performance in a primary before I can say that. Zero percent of getting the nomination, or just to win magically to be the president in in 2020 November to 20 2021 January 15th or whatever we do. She of the people that we I've seen that people think have a shot at this. I think she is our least likely person to grab that crown. Which I wouldn't I mean, say and zero. And not saying over like the people that are running with 0.00% chance to even get like a nomination, right? She's got a real chance to get a nomination. I'm drawing a straight line here that I think she's our worst candidate for this. And look, in, in Iowa right now, she's running at about 9% as a first choice candidate in the Democratic field um, behind Biden and Sanders. I mean, she's it's far behind Biden and Sanders, but she is, you know, the third choice there. So I wouldn't say a zero percent chance. I, I'm that's willing to give personally. her. That's me yeah, personally. I'm willing to see how she performs in the first primaries here. Yeah. I think she's a very intelligent woman. I think she will put up a fight. Will she be able to stand up to Trump attacks? I don't know. Last thing we'll say about the whole DNA test. I think. Her going out and doing a DNA test was playing straight into Trump's hands when the proper hate it. In in hindsight, the proper response probably been saying, Well, since when do we do DNA tests to see who's American? Yeah. Are we gonna do that for everybody? And well, just Obama say, like, listen, I was to, born and raised here. Exactly. So just don't give in to that kind of Let me ask you one quick question. Because of kind of and it's a bad parallel, but the ages and what they're doing. If we flip Warren and Pelosi right now, and Pelosi's in that third spot, who do you think has a better shot just to standing up to Trump in a primary? Warren. Wow. I think Warren. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I have facts. Clearly, you disagree. Yeah. yeah. I just I've seen her do it. I've yeah. seen Pelosi stand there and not take crap. You I think, think you think I, Warren I think, would? I don't I don't think Pelosi is built to run for president. I don't think she wants to or she would. But I've actually seen one of them stand up and be like, no, bro, we're not doing this. And maybe it's because, you know, she doesn't have as much to lose and she's not trying to get to that spot. Mm-hmm. But if but and maybe it's a bad parallel. But if I look at those two kind of in the same boat, I'd rather have Pelosi. And one thing I find kind of curious is I've seen Trump attack women. He's attacked. Anyone. He hasn't well, touched Pelosi. Yeah. I'm just kidding. That's what I'm saying. He hasn't touched Pelosi, which is interesting, right? He's gone after Elizabeth Warren. He's gone after Amy Klobuchar. Hillary Clinton, famously. Hillary Clinton, very Never much so. Pelosi. Never said a word about Pelosi. Never said a word about Kamala Harris yet either, which is interesting. That's telling about what kind of man he is. Stan, we've got uh, Kamala Harris. We're going based on this Iowa poll. So uh, we have the um, senator from California. She's a former attorney general in California, a former district attorney in San Francisco prior to that. She is running. She's one of the co-sponsors of a Green Deal along with a bunch of the others here. How do we feel about it? Yagnish, go for it. One word. It's tough to... You know what? One word, man. You don't really get this game. No, yeah. I get the game, but she's she's a great person and great candidate. I'm going to go with innovative. Innovative. Interesting. Hypocrite. Jeff. Hypocrite. Wow. 
say prosecutor. That's fair. I will say strong. I think she's a strong candidate. And uh, Kamala Harris is one of the people, when she first announced, I was excited for her candidacy. I know she's got some baggage with her um, her history when it comes to criminal justice from her days as attorney general and, uh, and district attorney there. She will obviously face questions about her record, especially being a, uh, a black woman. Minor baggage, Which will me. be unfair, I think. I don't think those same questions are asked about a white uh, attorney general. But they will say, hey, look, yep. you're a former attorney general who happens to be black and presided over cases that disproportionately affected minorities. Why didn't you do something? And I think that's a fair criticism that she's trying. She's actually had a lot of conferences already trying to address those issues and said, look, uh, it's a it's an office. It's not just me. I'm not the only person that's in, you know, in charge of everything. But she did come out and say, hey, the buck stops with me. I take responsibility for it. I think is a, a good step to trying to get ahead of all of that and hopefully make amends for it. That is probably not a satisfactory answer for any of the families that were a victim of, say, a disproportionate sentence for a minor crime, especially in communities of color. But I think that's a good start for her, and I think she's a pretty strong candidate. Dennis? Yeah, I agree with just about all of that. I think I think she's a really good candidate. I think um, you know she's got some stuff she's got to answer for, but I also think that those are things that she can't answer. I think like I'd like to you know I want to really want to see her on the on the debate stage in the primaries. But I feel like from what she's already said, she's got good responses. She can kind of back up her decisions. She can justify most of it. Some of the stuff's gonna stick, but you know people have stuff they did in the past and. I think she has a. I think she has a good story for her answer of, of how she's going to combat some of that stuff right now, and I, I really like her. Jeff, um, I said the words hypocrite, and I I really want to start off by saying I really like the way that she feels about healthcare overall, but I also know that she was a staunch supporter of uh, the death penalty in California, and she came out recently and became a staunch supporter of uh, uh, Newsom's mm-hmm. idea to end it. And I think that, again, I'm taking, with these candidates personally, I'm taking the level of you can't have something hanging low that Trump can just bang on. You, you don't have to be perfect, and no one is. But if there is something so transparent that he can bang on, you, you don't have a chance to win this. We've got to win this thing. So I think she's a hypocrite. She can't win this. Let me, let me jump in there because do you think there's any Trump supporter that was going to vote for Kamala Harris to start with? Zero percent chance. Okay. So I'm not entirely sure that him so for, hammering her on no, the death penalty is even going to be an effective I don't think we're ever getting argument. there, but I, I said the one word thing because I think she's a hypocrite. I think that's, a, that's fair. I think death penalty is not something you change in eight to 12 months on your view on it. I think that is something that you saw might not pull as good as you thought it did when you first said the thing. And I don't respect that. I thought she's, I thought she was a hypocrite. Okay. Yes. For a one word thing. Not a sure. Yeah. Thing. All right. <laughs> well, that's why we gave you the time after to elaborate. Yogs. I like Kamala Harris. I'll say this about her for all her hypocrisy. She won a Senate seat in the state of California, which is probably the most liberal state in the country, next to New York, or up no. with New York. It's probably more liberal than New York, let's the be honest. The most liberal state in the country. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> She's won that with a lot of scrutiny. She took Barbara Boxer's seat in that. Mm-hmm. 
She's got a lot of progressive ideas. She's strong. She's feisty. And I think she's a fighter. And I love that about her. And I think she'd be a former Wolf candidate. I don't know about winning and losing, but I do like her in that sense. I'm noticing feisty is a common uh, adjective you use for people you like. So you like people that are really to go out there and fight. Absolutely, because I think in this election, I think Hillary fought. Let's be honest. She tried to fight, but she couldn't overcome. She just was too reluctant to play a background role when she was attacked. I think there are certain candidates in this race that are ready to not stand for that and fight back. And I think that's very important in this next election. So with that, I already threw my two cents in there. So we'll move on to Beto O'Rourke in our Iowa poll, polling at about 5% first choice among Democratic candidates. Congressman from El Paso. Dennis, lead us off. What's your uh, one-word synopsis of Beto O'Rourke? It's maybe unpopular, but I'm going to go with emotional. Ooh. Jeff. Uh, Long shot. Charismatic. You took mine, man. <laughs> I was going to say charismatic. Uh, so I guess I'll go passionate. And uh, when I say passionate, I mean I genuinely believe when Beto O'Rourke gives a speech that he genuinely believes what he is saying. He comes off as very sincere, and I think that's what you were getting at too there, Yogs. Uh, everything I've seen from his Senate campaign running against Ted Cruz, he just struck me in a way that few politicians have in a while, probably since Barack Obama. And I know that seems like forever ago, but it wasn't that long ago. But I believe Barack Obama believed the things he was saying. And I feel the same way about, you know, if you look back, maybe like a, a Bobby Kennedy type character. So, Dennis, you want to elaborate? Yeah, I think um, I love this guy. I think he's the best. I think, uh, you know, he's almost like, I mean, we just had Obama, so it's tough to call him one in a generation. But I love this guy. The only thing is that little weird thing he went on after he lost and he was kind of saying he was like in his feelings and he didn't know what he was doing that was like a real weird look and i you know he just got to fix that and get on track and come out strong and i'll be right back on board he pulled one of those like uh, an author just going off on the his own to find himself yeah and write a book it's real weird <laughs> I, I i didn't like that but he's a genuine guy and i love him yeah me saying Jeff. long shot was uh directly relating him to buster douglas I actually think, you know, Hove famously said, put, I put my money on the long shots. I think this is the one guy that can inspire us the way that Obama did and make a run out of nowhere. Um, so, again, I'm saying long shot in the most beautiful way I can say we it. We are very early in this process um, right now. I'm just letting you know, if I put my money on the long shots and I, I put my money on Rourke. All right. Yogs? I'm a big fan of Beto. I think him losing that Senate seat was probably the best thing that happened to him, although it'll probably be used against him in a general election and all that. The thing I worry about the most is kind of what Dennis talked about. There's an emotional factor there that people can pick on. But I honestly think that he would be one of the most formidable candidates that we've had in the Democratic Party in a very long time. And I, I think he's got the best upside of anybody that we can probably have. Yeah, and just to wrap up uh, O'Rourke, I, I think he's uniquely qualified to go up against Trump in that he, 
And I, I feel like I'm beating this word into the ground by saying he's genuine, but we have a president that's going to be running against him that comes off as probably one of the fakest people I've ever seen. And, c- and can I make that point? Because yeah. I just thought of it. You make a great point in that one thing I noticed is Beto is a very nice guy. Can't He doesn't attack. He tried to attack Ted Cruz a little bit. He went after some of the things. He's not that's gonna not f- his strong point, he's though. Not, he's not going to fight Donald Trump in the mud. And that's something a lot of other candidates will do. I question that a little bit. I'm not sure that's the right strategy to win a general election. You got to get in the mud a little bit. You got to do what Biden will do and say, hey, I'm not going to take that. Let's fight back. It's it's tough because I, I'm torn on exactly that point. Is he too nice to go up against Donald Trump in a, a general election? Maybe. It might also be that people find his approach refreshing compared Can I say to Donald one thing? Trump. So I it know, could go the other way I know just one as easily. Thing. The way we lost 16, there's no shot if Beto's running in this. He'll see a state that he thinks is already lost and not go tr- campaign there, not go stump there. That, I think he that's won- key. He won't wipe one off. He won't just say, Michigan's out, I'm not going. I mean, we watched this guy go to counties in Texas that were 100% red, like 0% chance. So, again, yeah. long shot yeah. guy. Uh, I'm not saying he's winning this thing. But if you want me to put my money behind somebody that might have a good return investment, it's Beto O'Rourke. Yeah. And, yeah. and Beto famously went to every single congressional district in Texas. Yeah. He made it a point to talk to those people. And I think that's kind of what we need right now. So running down the list, we're going to do uh, two more candidates. And there's a ton of people on here. We don't have time to get to all of them. So we're going to do two more of the main candidates. And we're going to have plenty of time in the future to God do... damn it. Sorry, I, I know. I know Jeff, Jeff's got some extra people that he wants to talk about today. But Don't worry, Jeff. we got like two years to get through yeah, all this. Yeah, we, we've got plenty <laughs> of time to get through all of this. Yeah, we do. How's Gillibrand not made the convert? We, we kind of already talked about her in the very beginning when I a got that shot. Yeah. And you backed her up. So. Yeah. Do you think? Who's the two we got? Next one we have on the list is going to be Amy Koblachar. Think she has a better shot than Gillibrand? A way better shot. I, yes. <laughs> like a lot. Yeah. So let, let's run around. So... One word uh, to describe Senator Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota. I love Amy Klobuchar. Uh, probably not one as much word. As I love one oh, fucking I'm word. Sorry, my mistake. <laughs> Let's reset that. Toss that back to me. No, it's funnier uh, this way. One word, Yag. Sincere. Okay. Who? Ooh. Blizzard. <laughs> nice. And I say nice because she comes off as that Midwestern, just genuinely friendly person. And I think that it will help her a lot in the primaries, especially with voters in those battleground states in the Midwest. I know she took a, a, a beating from Donald Trump, Twitter-wise, about her making her announcement of Blizzard, but I don't think any of her supporters give a shit about that. Uh, that was just red meat to his own people. I don't think that hurts her electability one bit. She's made it clear that she will rejoin the Paris Accord day one if she's elected. Uh, she has not signed on to the Green New Deal, but says that she will, or at least supports the ideals behind it. I think she's a pretty good middle road candidate right now. Dennis? Yeah. Um, when I first heard about her, I was kind of like Jeff was saying. I was like, who? Who is this person? <laughs> um, and I think um, I listened to like her first uh, interview, actually on Rachel Maddow's show. And uh, then looked into her some more and was really impressed. And I, I, I really like her. Um, I just, he makes this, maybe it's sexist. I don't know what it is. I just, I just feel like she's not prime time. I feel like 
I, I just can't see her running for president or, or you know, getting a nomination and, and, and where do you think she stumbles? Like, so you said, like, she's real nice. She's real friendly. The, the, the Republicans actually love her. Like, I mean, her colleagues, yeah. her colleagues, like, like she's not had a few voters, but the mm-hmm. Republican colleagues love her. They, they think she's great. And I just I just think she's maybe she's too nice. I, I just I find it hard to see her really in the mud fighting. And, you know, maybe that's not what we need. But I just I, I just have questions about her in the battle. Jeff? I have no idea who you guys are talking about. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, that, that says enough right there. I record a weekly podcast on politics and have no idea who you're talking about. All right, about. you've got some homework to do, man. I'm assigning you some homework. Yeah, no, man. Really do, some homework. do some work, man. <laughs> Yogs? I like Amy a lot. I think she's kind of got that Midwestern kind of thing going about her where she's kind of moderate. I think that appeals to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's irony that people talk about how nice she is, but her biggest setback is those stories that came out about how mean she is to yeah. her staff. Good point. Um, she made someone on the plane, you know, give her a, she ate salad out of her like hair comb because no one had a fork. Gross, first of all. And <laughs> look, made the so staffer so, wash the comb after, yeah. I think. Exactly. Yeah, that's the whole thing that's crazy. I don't think, I agree with Jeff. She's probably not going to really go anywhere, but I think that She's probably someone that could sneak a few Midwestern votes, but that's about it. VP, okay. maybe a, maybe a strong Possible. VP candidate. Yeah, if you're looking to get some middle ground yeah. battle state but votes. But that's that's a competitive category right now. So True. like she, she's got a lot of work. Yeah, to do. there's a lot of v- awesome VP yeah. possibilities out there. All right, so the last candidate we're going to cover today, and again, we will have future episodes about all of this, is Kirsten Gillibrand. I'm sorry, buddy. Not today. Ah. Today it's going to be, we're going off this Iowa poll, and she didn't even register on it. So last person we're going to talk about is Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey. I'll lead us off with our one word. I'll say uh, hopeful. Dennis? I'm up. Spartan. Oh, no. Is testicular fortitude one word, or is it just balls? It, it, I guess we can hyphenate it for you, but we just say balls, balls. instead. Balls. Yeah. Go with balls. Methodical. Okay. So I feel like those are all very interesting adjectives to describe Cory Booker. And I think. It's a fun game. Yeah. (laughs) And I think it says a lot about what kind of person he is. All right. I'll be completely frank about Cory Booker. I am a current resident of New Jersey. I'm pretty well uh, versed in his career at this point. I've been following him for a while. He is the uh, center of New Jersey. He was a former mayor of Newark, just a couple towns over from where we're recording this. He's got a pretty great track record over in Newark. One thing I really never liked about him was that he came off as too upbeat for me. I'm a New Yorker at heart, so whenever I see someone that's very, very upbeat, I immediately think, what are you hiding? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's more of a, a, a message on who I am than somebody else. But I've come to see that his general positivity and optimism is actually who he is. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't seem like... I used to think that was just him putting up a facade. It was an act. But the more I look into him, it seems like that is incredibly sincere. And that's who he is. He's a very religious man. He appeals to establishment Democrats while still supporting further left ideas like the Green New Deal. I think he has a great potential to appeal to, again, I say he's a religious man, he's going to kind of bridge that gap between Democrats and people that are more religious. 
He also appeals to black voters, at least in the state of New Jersey. We'll see how that plays out on a national level. But I, I think he might be a little bit of an underdog here with a pretty strong shot. Dennis, what do you think? Yeah, I think those are fair. I think uh, he's definitely genuinely religious, positive guy. He talks a lot about love and, and those kind of things. Two negatives I have for him right now are, mm-hmm. like, during that Brett Kavanaugh hearings, he he seemed like he was grandstanding when he yeah. came out with some of that stuff and, you know, like, bring it on or whatever it is, bring it when he's talking about, uh, you know, whether he released documents. His that, Spartacus moment. Yeah, his whole, yeah. So I thought that was a bit much. And, and like you said, how genuine he is, like, that to me didn't seem genuine. That to me right. seemed like he was, like, putting on a little, like, fake little thing to kind of seem like he was, like, this fighter. And that was confirmation bias for me because that's kind of how I had felt about him yeah. years ago. And when I saw that, I was like, no, that's who I think you are. Yeah. And so that didn't really rub me the right way. But the rest of his history seems to tell a different story. Yeah. And, and if you know, I mean, you know, if you know this guy from Jersey, like this dude runs into buildings on fire to like save people like this. This guy is crazy. He's super nice. So, yeah, I mean, Cory Booker's cool. I just probably not for me in this election. Yeah? All right. Yeah. So I said Jeff? balls for the exact reason why you just said he's not for you. I think he wasn't grandstanding there. If he really stood up there, and I think when he released those emails and did stuff he shouldn't have done, he was putting his seat on that committee on the level. And I think that's backed up by what he's done by running into fires, like you said. This guy has one direct route of what he does and that's been to kind of do the right thing and be a little bit um, aggressive about it i love everything this guy's done um i'm i'm for cory booker well okay that's the strongest uh opinion we've gotten out of jeff positively for a candidate <laughs> we haven't talked about Gilbert yeah, yeah i know we've got yours <laughs> Just We're kidding. never going to talk about Kirsten Gillibrand just because Jeff is so into getting her elected. But why? <laughs> can I ask real quick, Dennis? Why you thought that was? Why did you think that was grandstanding? I thought he kind of put his spot there on the level. He's like, I'm releasing this shit. I don't. Think I don't so. care what you think. Nah, the the stuff that came out after it sound, What I heard was that he there was stuff that was classified. Then well, he you can't was release like, that. He was like, I'm going to release it. And then the committee came out and said, okay, this stuff's going to be fine. You can release it. Mm-hmm. And then he released it and then was like, oh, well, I, I, mean, I put my seat in the line. He shouldn't. And that's like, my understanding. Well, and they were like, nah, man, we already, can we I already say, said that was fine. Can I say two quick things? He shouldn't commit a felony. And number two is that in the age of Trump and what we're doing, that shit scores and it matters. So Show not, but shit. if it's transparent and you can see right through Good it. Good job, Corey Booker. Right. Yeah, I, and I'll stop with Dennis on this. If it's going to be transparent, and I, I respect the idea behind his actions there, and that he's taking a stand against what he thought was corruption, and he's going to say, hey, I will be the person that will stand up for the the public and be transparent to you guys and show you what's going on behind the scenes. I think that is the idealism that I like about him. And In that, that particular released. situation, I didn't think it rang true. But the stuff got released. It did though. That does what he, what released? he did, it does did. It get yeah. released any other way? I it was supposed to, I believe. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was, By whom? Either it was, way, they released it. I think it was no. actually declassified before he yeah, made that moment. Declassified, it would have been so. released. Bummer yeah. of a moment there. We, we, Yogs, Cory Booker. 
I actually think Corey might be the best politician in the group, tied with Beto O'Rourke. Wow. Um, okay. There's Beto's a lot a that I think he's formidable in. He's got flaws that are more general to the kind of tone of the politics we have going on right now in general society, but I think Corey is the best politician and tactical person in this race right now. And if he can strategically get this right, he may sneak himself a nomination. Does I, he get I penalized for being obama light? I put that in my category of things to overcome, but and you can keep that in there. He, I mean, yeah. just a real quick. No, it's table. it's a fair question. He is, yeah. It's actually a very fair question. He's charismatic. He's, he's charismatic. He's running mic. on a message of hope. Yeah, and change essentially. Does he get penalized for that? Is there like a? I'm with no, but I, 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 don't, I don't think it's so. in my. No. It's something he has to overcome. Yeah. That's what I put that in. I think it's I think a positive. So he's, exactly so he's right. getting penalized for being Obama. He life. is, and it's something so. he has to overcome. Really? Yes. I think he's getting. I actually genuinely believe that. Yeah, Dennis, what do you? How do you think that works against him? All of us are from New Jersey, right? So we've seen this guy, and we're like, okay, like I, I see that. But I think when he gets out to the wider like country, I think they're gonna be like, oh, here's an Obama clone, Obama right? Light. Then they're not gonna necessarily be like, oh, this is how this guy's always been. In fact, one of the things I heard was that Obama is actually really a Cory Booker clone. Like Obama, a, a Cory Booker was like the way he was for a long, long time, and Obama came hot out take. sounding a lot like yeah. Cory Booker. Can I give you a hot take? That's interesting. That was a hot take. As much as I like him, and I think that we all kind of had some good things to say here, he's not really that big of a deal here in New Jersey. And that's what kind of scares me. Yeah, so, like, yeah. this guy's not, like, a topic of conversation in New Jersey. Like, we've got the next thing. Like, people are big right. about it. Do, would you guys agree with that? He just well, not like, so, so we're yeah. expecting people in Iowa to be big behind Maybe, this guy. But how much did people in Illinois think when Barack Obama was there saying, like, hey, I'd I be curious to find Illinois, out. I live in Illinois, so I don't yeah. know. That's the thing. we got to um, find an Illinois. I'm just asking you, other than this, like Chicago how many talk to us. conversations did right. you have Right. The cult of personality isn't very strong here in New Jersey. That's, That's a, a big not thing. not a New Jersey superstar. People right. aren't fawning over Cory Booker in New Jersey. And that worries me a little bit because I would like a little groundswell here. But I know they did some polls about how how point. strong the candidates are in their own state, and he was like ranked at like I think number two for the candidate who who polls the strongest in their own state. All right, and you know what, Jeff, I'm gonna throw you a bone. Are you gonna do it for me? Last no, person not. on he's the absolutely list. Absolutely going away. From last me. person on the list. Just to be a jerk, he's gonna talk about Julian Castro. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna throw in Senator Kirsten Gillibrand in New York just for you here. She didn't poll on this Iowa uh, poll, but losers. I think. She does have a strong showing nationally, so but we'll we'll give a little a few words on her. You can lead us off. What's your first word? You've had this entire time to think about it, and you got nothing. I'm like I'm like <laughs> Yogg's trying to give a first word on her. The one. Ooh. Two words. Have you? Were you writing like love letters to her? What should we worried here? Okay, I take that back because it's two words. All right. Uh, uh dope. Dope. Okay. <laughs> God. I would say who, but you, that was already used. <gasps> so instead, I'm going to go with crickets. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to say centrist. <gasps> Yogs, what do you got? Schumer-like. Is that one word? Ooh. Jeff's head's about to explode This is very here. unpopular. So rather than me give a little spiel about her. You don't need Jeff. to. 
Um, what do you got? I'm just impressed with her overall. Um, I think she comes off as the most genuine that I've heard so far. And I want to be very clear about this. We're very early in this. So am I saying by any means I think Kirsten Gillibrand is going to win this election? No, I'm not a moron. Do I think she's going to get the nomination? No. Do I think she's going to be in the top five? No. Um, but I do know this. I've heard everybody else spear their bullshit. I've heard the political talking points. And I've also heard her on the circuit getting out there. I've heard her be real. I've heard her swear. I've heard her get in the mix. And I've also heard her really defend articulately, smartly, talk about our healthcare system and talk about immigration. And that's what fucking matters to me. And she's hit those points with me every time over and over again. And she hasn't been fake about it. So you can laugh about this being a long shot candidate, but I'm behind Kirsten Gillibrand. I don't think she's winning our presidency. I don't think she's gonna be the vice president, but I hope she has a high spot. Whatever she does, go Gillibrand, I'm behind you. So Gillibrand, for any of our listeners who maybe aren't familiar with her, she is the senator who was appointed to fill Hillary Clinton's seat after she left to take the Secretary of State position in the Obama administration. So she took that around uh, 2009. Uh, She really has been a centrist candidate most of her life, but has moved further left over the course of her career. She's actually kind of unique in that she was, I I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, like an A-plus candidate from the NRA when she first joined the Senate as a Democrat, and now she's an F. She's moved further left. She's also all for gun control as far as, you know, universal background checks. Yeah, Again, the same way not Bi- taking guns away. The same way Biden was against busing. Yeah. She's changed. Uh, she's she's an interesting candidate. She's another co-sponsor of the Green New Deal. So she's kind of moved her way left on the spectrum here. Dennis, any thoughts? couple thoughts. So, one, I, I don't want to come out like I don't like her or like I'm not. This is personal opinion, man. What yeah. have you got? But... From what I hear, she's changed her politics because she she came into a very um, conservative district. Yeah, and, absolutely. And she she well, she's a senator. Yeah, I mean, before that. Yeah, she was upstate. Yeah, yeah. before that, mm-hmm. she had a very very conservative policies and everything yes. because of where she was representing. And then once she moved out, she was able to then switch to these more liberal ideas because she didn't have to worry about that. So. I'm not going to like knock her over the head for that, but I don't know if she really changed her mind or if she just said, oh, now I'm free to uh, have these more liberal ideas. And um, the only other thing I'll say about her, which I don't know how Jeff will take this, but I listened to her like several times and it just sounds like a, this is going to sound really bad. It just sounds like a, she sounds like a broken record, man. I feel like she kind of says the same phrases and the same things over and over again. And that's, I mean, that's a lot of politicians do that, but I just remember hearing her speak like in three different situations. I just felt like I was hearing the same phrases, the same catchphrases over and over again. And yeah, it, she sounds good, but I, I, I don't know. Some of the, the genuine aspect, I, I, I wasn't really feeling yeah. it. But, but again, I, I don't hate her. I don't dislike her. And just to clarify, so uh, when, I, when I talked over you there before, Dennis, yeah, she was before a senator, congresswoman from the Albany, Schenectady area yeah. of New York State. Yags, you got any topics? She's great, but Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, and probably Amy Klobuchar are all better than her, policy-wise, candidate-wise. I don't think you get points for being the fourth best female candidate in the group. Ooh. Wow. Ooh. He also doesn't think any of the female candidates can win this. 
that's tough. broader topic, but we're talking about her as just alone. So in her defense, though, she she has like the highest winning vote margin, right? Yeah. Of when she like ran, like she like won like mm-hmm. some massive. Yeah, it like, wasn't close. Seventy she, to eighty percent of the vote. She is a Democrat running in a historically red area. Yeah. And won in an area that Trump won by. Yeah. Just by to give her like yeah, a little yeah. shout, like yeah. she, she. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. I mean, I told you, I don't, I don't hate her, man. <laughs> so, let's wrap this up with our own personal picks. I'm gonna oh, give gosh. each one of you two picks. I want you to pick your personal favorite for president and vice president based on policy. And the second one will be who you think will actually get the nomination. Anyone want to lead us off, or do you want me to go first? You can go. My pick, and this may sound like a very safe pick for who I think wins the general election if it comes down to this uh, pairing, I think a Joe Biden, Kamala Harris ticket wins the general election. I think it hits all the right demographics. I think it brings in the right people into the fold in battleground states. Is it my personal favorite? No. But I think that is a winning ticket. I saw, Jeff, you uh, kind of hung your head. Now, who would you like? Who would I like? I'd probably pick Cory Booker and Sherrod Brown as my personal pick for who I'd like to see as president and vice president, respectively. We didn't really talk about Sherrod Brown right now. He does share a lot in common with Joe Biden, but I think it's a little more electable. I really like his personality there. I think he's the proper foil for Donald Trump and would be a a very standout vice presidential candidate. Comments? Fights? No, I think we should just leave this up and then we're going to talk about it again. Yeah, and we'll we'll see how this all plays out. We can all mock each other in two months when some of these candidates drop out. But uh, Dennis, what do you got? So um, when it comes to who I think is the best bet to win... Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with you, and I'm gonna go with uh, Biden and Harris. Wow. I think I think Biden's got the highest numbers for a reason, and uh, but I think he needs someone dynamic to kind of balance him out. And right now, I really like Harris. Uh, I mean, I like other people too, but I think the pairing kind of matches up. Uh, I think they kind of you know cover each other's kind of weaknesses in a way. So yeah. Personal favorite, I, I can't really think of a VP to back this guy up, but we didn't talk about him, but Mayor Pete, Pete Buttigieg. Nice. Out of South Bend, Indiana. Very nice. Every, every time I hear this guy, I think he's the most intelligent, brilliant, thoughtful, all around. I, I can't say enough about this guy. I, the moment I, I heard him a couple of times, I sent him some money. I'm a, I'm a big fan. He's, um, he's a rising star in the party, and yeah. I, I think we have – Certainly not seen the last of him. If he's not somehow involved in the election, he does have an exploratory committee running right now and exploring the option to run for president in 2020. Might be a long shot, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him in, you know, 2024, 2028. Like, we'll we'll see him in the future. Yeah. Who I think could win for us? I think it's um, Biden and Cory Booker. Okay. Um, I think that is our strongest... Uh, two some we can throw out there if we're playing in uh, the Ryder Cup and we're <laughs> doing it nationally. Those are, uh, you know, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson back in the day. Who I would like to see personally um, would be Gillibrand and Beto. Okay. Um, in terms of policy and where I'd like to see the energy coming from 
I know I have been mocked for Gillibrand thing, and you can flip those two. I don't care. And in fact, if you wanted to get, get rid of Gillibrand, I would do um, the guy from Illinois. Damn. I've actually really liked him. I would put him and Beto together. You mean Indiana. Mayor yeah, Pete. yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Mayor Pete. Sorry, I, I meant if you flip-flop them either way, I actually really like that platform too. Yeah. Um, in terms of what I care about, I think any mixture of that threesome um, would be dope. But I think that... You know, if we're going to win this, I really like Biden and Booker. Okay. Cool. Yogs, who's your pick? My dream team would probably be uh, – well, actually, no. I'll start it off with who I think would win. I think a Biden-Sherrod-Brown combination is unbeatable. I've said that to you guys privately. I'll say it right now publicly. Who I would love to see if it was a dream scenario, I would love to see Cory Booker and – I'd probably throw a long shot out here and like maybe like a Julian Castro or someone like that as okay. a, as a VP. I think that'd be a nice combo. They'd never win, but I would love to see that. <laughs> Fantastic. So those are our personal picks. Again, we'll do some further uh, deep dives into the rest of the field as it plays out. And as people join, I'm sure there'll be a few more candidates jumping in there. And as others drop out, But that is our special Democratic primary episode of the Drinking Liberally podcast. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Cheers. Have a great night.